This is another message brought to you by the Remodel Church. For about a year and a half, 18 months, they had been on the run. Actually, they'd been on the run a little bit longer than that, but but for about a year and a half, they actually, they, they were running so far. David and his men were so scared and trying to get so far away from Saul that they actually went into the enemy's territory. So they crossed into the Philistines. And uh, for about a year and a half, they stayed there. But the Philistines were at war with Israel, and so they kicked them back over. So after a year and a half, they're finally headed back home. And you can imagine about 600 men excited to finally see their wives and their children after a year and a half. I could not imagine what it's like to be away from your family for that long. Especially in those times, no communication, man, no cell phones. I mean, they didn't even have telegrams. They didn't, I mean, I don't, it had to be extremely difficult. But after about a year and a half, they're finally making it back home. And again, just imagine the excitement, the anticipation to see your family, to hug your wife, to hug your kids. But when they get there, they're welcomed with a cloud of smoke. And as they make their way through the town, they realize that they have been in- invaded. And more than just being invaded, they burnt absolutely everything. And no, no, no women, no children are left. No one is there. So the Bible says that they just begin to mourn and they begin to weep. Matter of fact, they cried so much that they lost all of their strength. After some time of this, the rest of the men, the other 600 men, start looking at David and saying, man, he's our leader and he allowed this to happen to us. I think we should just kill him. They start placing blame on David. It's David's fault that we were away from our wife and children. And it's David's fault that this was allowed to happen to our families. I think something should happen to David. And David in turn, instead of looking and trying to find blame and fault in someone, the Bible says that David found strength in God. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And he has a conversation with God and he says, should I go after them? Should I attack them? Should we, should we try to gain vengeance? And God says, yes, you will win the battle. You will overcome them. And more than just overcoming them, you will receive everything that you had lost. You'll get it all back. So David and his men, they mount up 600 of them. Again, remember they had just... They have been mourning. They're all emotionally drained. And they come to this river. And 200 of them say, I'm too tired. I can't. I don't even have the strength to cross this river. So David says, it's okay. You guys stay behind with the supplies. The other 400 men, they cross the river. They go off and they attack the the Amalekites. And they win the battle. The Bible says that they started in the morning at, at dawn. And they went through the next evening. More than 24 hours, about 36 hours of battle, and they kill absolutely everyone except for about 400 men, and everything that they had lost, they get right back. All of their wives, all of their children, they, get, they got it all back. As they start going back to meet with the other men and taking their wives and their families back home, 
the men that the 200 men that were too tired, they start seeing that David and his men are not only coming by themselves, but they're actually bringing their wives and children back. And they begin to celebrate because not only did they win their families back, but they actually got everything else back. And the men that the 400 men that fought for it say, no, 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 no. Says you guys can have your kids and you can have your wives back, but that's it. You stayed here. You were lazy. We're the ones that went and we fought. You don't deserve anything else. This is what we deserve. We'll give you your wives. We'll give you your kids, but that's all you're getting. David responds with, no, this is not the way we should treat each other. David says the, the one that stayed with the supplies and the one that went to fight are equal. And they get equal share and equal opportunity in everything. And I just love this story, and I love, I absolutely love the very first part of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 30, when the Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. You see, it's so important for every single one of us to learn how to find strength in God. You know why? Because life is difficult. Sometimes life just flat out sucks. And most of us have probably been in a moment or had a point in time in our lives where we have thought, this is miserable. This is terrible. And we probably wonder, is it even worth it to move forward? Should I just give up on my marriage? Should I just give up on my family? Should I just give up on life? Should I just give up on my job? Should I just give up on my friends? This is too difficult. This is too hard. I don't even think that it's worth it to push through it. Life can get very, very difficult. And if we're relying on our own strength, the reality is we're going to give up on some battles that we should not have given up on. We're going to lay there and self-loathe and have pity on ourselves and not get up and fight any longer if we're relying on our own strength. But whenever we can have the strength of God, when our strength comes from God, then we can overcome, we can get up, and we can keep moving. It's what 1 Samuel chapter 30 is all about. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into it. God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. And we just ask you, God, that you would open up our eyes and our understanding and help us to understand that we need to have strength from you. Not from ourselves, not to rely on our own strength, but to rely on your strength to get us through our every trial and every struggle, every situation, to get us through this life. God, help us understand your word, help us to receive your word, but more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. So, again, find your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel is going to be in the Old Testament, so if you'll just start at the very beginning, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Is 1 Kings there? Or is it after? Somebody help me. Is it before? Kings is after Samuel. I had it right. So 1 Samuel, and then find chapter 30. Chapter 30 is the second to last uh, chapter in 1 Samuel. So, at the very top, I want you guys to write this scripture out. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And this is where we get this statement that I want to, um, if I were to have to sum up this entire message in one sentence, this is what it would be. 
When our strength comes from God, we can remain strong even in our weakest moments. When our strength comes from God, we can remain strong even in our weakest moments. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is, is writing to the Corinthians and he says, I've got this thorn in my flesh, or in other words, I've got this issue that I've been dealing with. And uh, I've asked God to take it from me three or four times. And it seems like the more I pray, the more difficult it gets. And then he says, I kind of had a revelation from God. And God told me that whenever I am weak in him, then that's whenever I am strong. You see, it is whenever I am weak that God is able to move in me. This, there's this huge myth out there that makes people, people believe that God will never give you more than you can handle. Anybody ever heard of that? Anybody ever posted that on social media? Anybody ever said amen to that? Anybody ever liked it on social media or even put the heart on it now and all these other kind of stuff? See, that's a huge myth. You see, if you could handle everything that life is going to throw at you, then what do you need God for? If you can be self-sufficient in everything that you go through, and if you're going to be strong enough, you're going to be smart enough, you're going to be wise enough, you're going to know all of the answers, you're, if, if you can handle everything that this life is going to throw at you, then what does God exist for? So in this life, you will have troubles, you will have struggles, you will have problems that you cannot overcome on your own. But Jesus says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And this is why, my friends, we need to rely on God's strength, not on our strength. Now I want to give you a couple of ways, a few ways that we can learn to grow our strength with God. Number one is find strength through His promises or through His Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 tells us that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is God-breathed and it's, and it's there and its purpose is to instruct and to teach and, and to help us through our lives. So everything in this Bible is directly, is a message directly from God directly to you. And whenever we begin to learn what this Bible, what this word says about our situation, then we can have a little bit of hope. You guys with me? If we would learn, if we would just, listen, I'm not even asking you because I know reading, especially if you're a guy, is very difficult. Now, I'm not saying we're dumb. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's hard for us to sit there, sit still for an hour or even 30 minutes and read. I'm the only one that ever struggles with this. It's difficult. It's tough. So you know what I do? I have a Bible app on my phone and I like to listen to the message version. And I listen to it every day. Man, I, I, I drive a lot of miles, so every day I listen to it. Now, I don't listen to it for six hours at a time, but I, I listen to a few chapters every single day. And that's just my way of getting into the Word. That's my way of, of getting Bible knowledge and growing in Bible knowledge and, and making sure that I'm, you know, uh, again, just into the Word, into God's Word. 
And if we don't ever take time to understand what the Bible says about our situation, listen, you could be at the brink of of victory and not even know it because you don't know what the Bible says. You could be so close to just winning if you just knew what the Bible says. You could be one step away from this amazing breakthrough if you just knew what the Bible says about your situation. So a way that we grow our strength in God is by knowing what His promises say. Like whenever He says, take heart for I have overcome the world. When He says, I can do all things, I can go through all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whenever it says that it is through His stripes that we are healed. Whenever it says that for those that love God, everything works together for our good. See, all of these scriptures throughout the Bible strengthen me whenever I'm going through a tough time. Whenever I'm facing something difficult, the first thing that I want to know is not what my dad says about it, not what you think about it, not what my best friend thinks about it. What I want to know is what does God say about this specific situation in my life? And you may think, well, EJ, the Bible doesn't talk about what I'm going through. The Bible says... That there is nothing new underneath the heavens. What has been will be again and what will be has already been. There's nothing new, man. I'm, I'm telling you now, there's technology and we can all make excuses for everybody and say it's harder to, in today's time. But the honest truth is it's not. Man, have you, have, if you ever got into the Bible, you'd find out, man, there's some sick people. And they did some wicked, wicked things. And even the best of the men and best of the women in the Bible had their shortcomings. It's not any more difficult to follow God today as it was a thousand years ago. We just need to know what does the Bible say about our situation, about what we're going through. So find strength in His Word. Find strength in His promises. What promises has God given to you and to your family about your current situation? The second way that we find strength is through prayer. We are strengthened through prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. Jesus says, if you will seek me, if you... Well, let's just find it because I'm going to slaughter it. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 10. Luke's going to be in the New Testament. Very first book in the New Testament is Mark, Matthew, I mean Mark, and then Luke. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Then he goes on to say, if a son asks for bread from my... Uh, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if we seek, if we knock, if we ask, the Bible says he will answer. I want you to go with Matthew chapter 18. And I want you guys to highlight this scripture. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. We'll start in verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, 
It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. We find strength in God through prayer. I can't tell you how many times I've been troubled or I've been stressed about something or I've just been in a bad, ugly situation. And just some time in prayer or somebody praying with me, I'm not saying that all my problems magically disappeared, but I am saying I had rest. I had peace within myself. You know, the beautiful thing about praying is whenever we begin to pray, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. So whenever you pray, this is why it's so important to pray. And again, I understand we're not going to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and bow down on our knees and and pray. I mean, if you can do that, more power to you. But if I do that, I'm going to end up sleeping on the side of the bed is what I'm going to end up doing. But whenever we begin to pray and whenever we start having a conversation with God, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. And He prays for us in ways that we didn't even know that we needed. Isn't it nice to get things whenever you didn't even know that you needed something? Have you ever gone your whole life doing something and then you found out an easier way to do it? You're like, wow. Where was that my whole life? See, that's the way it is with prayer. If we would just take a little bit of time and, and spend some time with God and pray with Him, maybe you don't have all of the words to say, and maybe you don't even know what to say. Maybe your most common word is, uh, whenever you're praying, and that's okay. Even if you don't know all of the words, and you, you know, I crack up at some people, man, because if we talk to people the way we talk to God, it's like saying their name every third word. Hey, Josh, I'm so glad you're here, Josh. And Josh, I just want to ask you, Josh, anyways. So even if we don't have the right words to say, and even if we say some weird things whenever we're praying, the beautiful thing about prayer is that the Holy Spirit is praying for us in ways that we didn't even know that we needed. So we find strength through prayer. And it's so important, listen to me, It's so important, and that's why I wanted you to highlight verse uh, 20 of Matthew um, chapter 18. Because it's so important sometimes. Now, and I'm with everybody else. I don't share my business with everybody. You know, if if I'm going through a struggle, I'm not that guy that's going to put it on Facebook, like, before I even talk to anybody or think about anything, you know. I'm not that guy. But there there is strength and there is power and getting a few people that you do trust. Now listen, don't, don't go to the, to the newspaper, the people, and you know, the gossip uh, aisle at Easy Mart or whatever. You know, don't, don't, don't go telling everybody. But there is power in telling a few people that you trust and that you know love you and asking them to pray with you about something. There's power in that. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20 say that where two or three are gathered in my name. He says, I'm there. And whatever you ask, a group of people, when a group of people unite and, and, and believe all together and they ask for a common thing, Jesus says, I'm going to respond. So there's power, there's power and there's strength that comes from prayer. 
And again, you don't have to sit there for hours at a time and you don't have to wake up at, at all hours of the night to begin to pray. And, you know, I, I've listened to people and, and, and that's amazing to people that can do that. But I'm just not one of those guys, man. I mean, when it's bedtime, it's bedtime for me. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is for me. But there is power in praying and there's power in gathering friends and loved ones who care about you, who have your best interests in mind and asking them to pray with you. A third way, through our worship, or when we worship, better said, we shift our focus from our problems, and we focus and we move it to the greatness of God. It's why it's so important, not just, you know, obviously when we're here on Sunday mornings and, and, and through corporate worship, it's important for us to lift up our voices, lift up our hands. That's a sign of surrendering to God, lifting up our voices. We're telling God that He's great. But it, worship tells us, it, it moves our, it, it shifts our focus from our problems and how big they are and how stressful they are and how difficult they seem to be and how impossible they seem to be. When we begin to worship, we take our attention off of our pain and off of our struggles and we place it on how great God is. And if we can keep our attention on how great God is instead of how impossible our situation is, I believe that your quality of life will go up. I believe that you'll live a little bit more positively. I believe that you'll be a little bit happier. And I believe that you'll treat others better. When we stop focusing on how impossible our situation seems to be and we begin to focus on how great God is. So it's important to worship Job. In the first three chapters, this man in the Old Testament was a loaded, rich, rich, rich man. Had all kinds of livestock and thousands upon thousands of acres. And he didn't owe anybody a dime. Now wouldn't that be nice? To have a couple thousand acres, have a few thousand animals, and not owe Union Bank anything for it. That's, that was Job's situation. So because he didn't owe anybody anything, he was one of those guys that didn't have to do everything. You know, most of us, we're so broke, we got to just try to duct tape it and fix it ourselves, man, because we, we, yeah, we can't afford to take it to anybody else. But Job wasn't one of those guys, man. Job, Job was so loaded, he, he, he had no debt, so he was able to uh, hire all kinds of workers, and he had all kinds of people working for him. I mean, this dude was loaded. And somewhere around the second or third chapter, in an instant, I mean, I'm talking about one after another, he has about four or five messengers come to him, letting them know, dude, you lost all your camels, you lost all your sheep, you lost all of your workers, you lost all of your houses, and you lost all of your family. One after another. Just like that. In a moment, the dude went from being rich and power, powerful and having everything to all of a sudden he's wiped out. And the Bible says that Job's reaction was not to blame others, was not to try to figure out the root of the issue, but what Job did is he knelt down to the ground, he ripped his clothing, and then he worshipped God. And he says, naked I came into this world and naked I'll leave. He understands God gave me everything that I had 
And if he wants to, he can take it off from me. But I'm still going to worship. He took his attention off of his pain, off of what he had lost, and he's focusing it on someone so much greater than anything that he's facing, anything that he's going through. So I encourage you to worship not only here on Sunday mornings when we gather together, but worship at home, worship in your car. Anytime you begin to feel overwhelmed about a situation, stop putting your attention on how difficult the situation or how impossible it seems to be and start focusing on how great God is. Because I promise you, God is greater. God is bigger than any struggle that you could ever face or go through. The fourth way that we strengthen ourselves, that we can gain strength in God, is by remaining thankful. Write out the scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It basically says, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, because it is the perfect will of God for your life. In everything that you face in your life, be thankful. Everything that you go through, be thankful because it is a part of the perfect will of God for your life. Now we have to understand that whenever we're going through difficult times, when sicknesses, when we lose people, when we lose relationships, when we lose family, and all of these things, we have to understand that God is a perfect God and God sees a much bigger picture than what we do. And God understands and God knows a way in which everything will work out to the better of our good for those of us that love Him, for those of us that are called according to His purpose. So in everything that happens, we can be thankful. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, I stumped my toe and I'm so thankful that I stumped my toe. But I'm thankful that I have toes that I can stump. You see how that works? Some of us cuss and gripe and get frustrated every time our vehicle breaks down or the tractor or whatever. Just be thankful you have a vehicle. Be thankful you have it. You guys with me? In everything, give thanks because this is a perfect will of God. Now, in, in this part, I want to show you guys what strength in God looks like. What does it look like when somebody has strength in God? One of the greatest things and, and one of the coolest um, benefits of having strength is God. We find in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it in, in it enables us, excuse me, enables us to overcome temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says that no temptation can overcome us except for that which is already known to man. And then he says, but we will never be tempted beyond what God can give us an escape from. So this excuse of, oh, I just can't help myself. Have we ever thought that or heard it? Oh, I just can't help it. It's just, this is just the way I was made. This is, I'm wired this way. I'm, I'm just, I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm always going to fall into this. I, this is always going to be diffi- difficult for me. You see, that's just an excuse for those of us that, that don't really want to follow God, that don't really want to get out of it. You guys with me? 
You see, strength in God enables us to overcome temptation. So if we're growing in God and if our relationship with God is growing, then it should get easier and easier and easier for us to get away from temptation. Whatever temptation looks like for you. I understand this is going to be very different for every single one of us. You know, for some it may be gossip or pornography or, or affairs or it may be cussing, it may be uh, uh, slander, it may be whatever it may be for you. It's going to look different for every single one of us. But the closer we grow to God, the easier it's going to be to get away and escape from the temptation. That's a benefit of growing our strength with God. This is why we need to worship, we need to pray, we need to read our Bibles, we need to be thankful so that we can grow in our strength with God and we can walk away from temptation when it comes. Strength in God enables us to suffer well. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 through 13. Philippians 4.13, I want you to go there. Philippians 4.13 is probably one of the most misused scriptures in the entire Bible. And we think, whenever the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, what most of us think is we can hit that home run, we can win that game, we can get that promotion, we can, you know, whatever it may be. But Philippians chapter 4, we have to start reading in verse 12 to get any, any type of context. Paul says, I know how to, uh, I know how to be abased and I, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So whenever the Bible says, when Paul said, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me, again, he's not just talking about all of the cool things and the good things that everybody gets excited about, but he's actually talking about, I can go through hunger as well. That's exactly what he says in verse 12. He says, I have been in hunger and I've had more than enough to eat and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So whenever we have strength in God, it's not just victory and victory and all the things that everybody loves to hear and everybody loves to say amen to. And it's not just all of the good, wonderful things, but whenever we have strength in God, what it also means is whenever things get difficult and when things get really hard and life really just starts to really, really be bad, we can go through it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can live life whenever everything's great. You know, I, I think it's so much easier to live there. Would you agree with me? It's so much easier to live in, in abundance whenever you're making more than enough money, whenever you have more than enough food, whenever the bills are low and the income is high. I think we could all learn to adjust to that type of lifestyle. Right? Probably very few of us would complain. There's a couple of you guys. You guys would complain about anything. So. But very few of us would complain about that lifestyle. Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he's not just talking about that lifestyle. He's also talking about when everything seems to be falling apart. And you just fix this vehicle and then this vehicle broke down. And this kid just, just, 
He's just now getting better and then this kid got sick. And you just got out of this problem and you found out you got this other problem over here that you didn't even know about. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This means I'm not going to give up just because it got difficult. This means I'm going to go ahead and worship even though I've got a thousand other things on my mind. I'm going to go ahead and lift up my my hands and I'm going to go ahead and worship and focus on how great God is. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what this scripture means. It's not just about I can do great things, but it's also about I can survive this and I'm going to come out on the other end better because my strength is in God and not in myself. Romans chapter 15, verse 1. I want you guys to go there with me. If you're in Philippians, go to the left. Philippians chapter 15. I want you guys to highlight this too, man. This this is so important. I think sometimes we look at strength, whether it be spiritually or or physically, and and we we think dominance. Or at least that's what comes to my mind. Whenever I think of strength, I think of someone overpowering, someone just dominant, someone that just runs through people. Marshawn Lynch style, you know. And just, but when we look at the spiritually, spirituality of it, it's not that at all. Romans chapter 15, verse 1, listen to what it says. We then who are strong ought to bear with these scruples or the weaknesses of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of those who are weak. And not to please ourselves, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. When when we are strong in God, it helps us to strengthen others. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who seems like they're super close to God and they intimidate the heck out of you. Because everything that you say and everything that you do, they're going to kind of give you that look like. And I'll never forget, it's been a couple of years ago. And I really, I I have worked, believe it or not, the last few years, I have really worked on my filter on my mouth. Um, Used to, my mind, or my my mouth worked faster than my mind sometimes, and I would just say some things. And and I remember, I remember being in this group of, uh, really, I I had no business being there, because all of these guys are like amazing preachers, and I just had the opportunity to hang out with them for a little bit, and and we're all, they're all kind of cracking up, telling some jokes. And I tell this joke that I should not have told. Matter of fact, every now and then, I remember it and I'm like, EJ, you're such an idiot. Why would you even? But I remember I tell this joke 
And halfway through it, I kind of caught myself like, EJ, eh, this probably isn't the crowd that's going to appreciate this kind of joke. Then the other half of me was like, but it's funny as heck, dude. Just say it. So I tell this joke, get to the punchline. And I know one of them really, really wanted to laugh. I know he did. But there are another two that just kind of looked at me like, and I remember I felt so tiny, man. I mean, I was like, ground just open up and swallow me right now. I did not want to be there anymore. And we think that that's what strength looks like. It's these people that are like super close to God and everybody else is beneath them. And if you don't understand what they're talking about when they talk about the Bible, you know, listen. If somebody starts talking to you about the Bible and they can't explain it to you in a way that you can understand, they don't know what the heck they're talking about. Can I, can I just say that? Albert Einstein said that if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you don't understand it yourself. Albert Einstein said that. Genius. So we look at people who seem to be super close to God and they just seem like they walk on water and everybody else is beneath them. And we look at them and we think, man, one day I want to be like that. That's what strength in God looks like. But the Bible here, Romans chapter 15, verse 1, says it's the opposite of that. It's not the strength in God isn't somebody lifting themselves up above everybody and saying, look at how terrible and look how miserable you are. Look at how I can't believe you don't know this. I can't believe you don't understand this. I can't believe you live this way. I can't believe that's not somebody who is strong in God. That's immaturity is what that is. But somebody who is strong in God, the Bible says, strengthens others, builds others in their weaknesses. And we don't put each other down and we don't put them down or they don't put us down. But instead they show us and they lead us and they guide us and they bring us up. That is what strength in God looks like. And the second part, the later part of of 1 Samuel chapter 30, when David and his men come back and the 200 men that were left behind that were too weak to go off into battle, They get excited because they think they're about to, you know, they're getting their wives and they're getting their families and and they're getting even more than that because David is bringing so many other things. Spoils is what they call them. Spoils of the war. And the Bible says that 400 evil men, the Bible actually calls them wicked and evil men, said, no, 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 no. You don't get any of this because you didn't fight alongside with us. You were too weak. You weren't strong like we were, so you don't get to enjoy what we get to enjoy. And David says, not that way at all. But we're equal. You see, and this is why we need to find strength in God. Because when we find strength in God, we stop judging other people. When we find strength in God, we stop gossiping about people. We stop talking about other people's shortcomings. We stop caring about other people's shortcomings. And we just say we're all equal. We are all in this together. Let's just join hands and let's follow God to the best of our abilities. And that's what it's all about. It's not about who's stronger and who's weaker. 
It's not about I did this, so I deserve this, man. I remember not too long ago, a friend of mine was talking about something that was just unfair. And, and, and I know him very, very well. And, and I remember I just looked at him because I knew the lifestyle he was living. And I just looked at him right in the eyes. I said, dude, you don't want what is fair. Because if you got what was fair, you would have all hell break loose in your life. Because of the way he was living. And as soon as I said that, man, it was like God just slapped me in the back of the head and said, and you don't want fair either. See, the truth is none of us really want fair. Because if we all got what we had coming to us, there wouldn't be a single soul left on this earth. There's not one of us that have lived a perfect life. There's not one of us that has never talked bad about somebody else. There's not one of us that have never um, looked bad at somebody else or, or thought wrong about somebody else. None of us want fair. So instead of looking down at others, let's just look up at God. Let's gain as much strength from God as we can so that we can build others up with us. This is the end of the message. For more information, please visit theremodelchurch.com.